Day 3 Desire. Welcome to Juicy January, a 10 day program full of pleasure by Beyond the Bedroom. If you would like to follow along via video, head to beyondthebedroom.org. Let's get into it. Day 3 Desire. Okay, let's set the scene. You've washed your favorite toy, it's fully charged, you're touching your body, and then you realize nothing's really happening. You try, but your body doesn't really want to seem to get turned on. Hello? Is this thing on? Maybe you relate to another scenario. You're at home on the sofa, watching the most mundane documentary about the North Pole. All of a sudden, you feel that familiar heat. You think, right now? Did I charge my vibrator? There's no time to grab it anyway. You've already started right there and then on the sofa. And maybe you're somewhere in the middle. You plan to masturbate later, but only under certain conditions. Maybe you get randomly horny, but you can save it until your partner comes home to share it with them. Maybe you don't relate to any of this, and that's okay. You're still normal. So why do these different scenarios ring true for different people? Something called the dual control model, also known as spontaneous versus responsive desire. But don't worry, I will not get too sex nerd on you. And I know that a lot of you listening already know about this. But in short, this theory states that some of us have more sensitive brakes on our sex life than gas pedals. So things that set the scene and the context that creates our sex lives. Uh, some of us get randomly horny and others need to have the perfect conditions to do so. So Maybe you need to relax, maybe you need to feel peace, or maybe you do need to be in a rush. Whatever the situation is for you, you need to create the conditions and the context around your sex life. Some of us are a total mix, like me. I can get super horny randomly, but I can also know that there's certain things that will lead up to that and I can make a difference in the context of my sex life. But either way, it's good to look at the factors driving your sex life, meaning you might be great at turning on the ons, but not so fantastic about turning off the brakes. You might be really distracted in bed. You might be getting aroused, but then in the middle of sex, you might be thinking, did I turn off the straightener? What should I have for dinner? while you're literally being touched and you have to go, oh, like I love what's happening. Why am I getting so distracted? So some of us do need more stimulation to keep us focused, but other people get really overwhelmed easily. They get overstimulated and they need a lot less. So it's a lot of trial and error. Some of us are super affected by our hormones, such as getting super horny while ovulating and others barely feel any difference at all. And both are normal. So so your exercise today, you're going to need your journal. If you don't have your journal, that's okay. You just need to keep score on something. So this is a diagnostic test that I actually do with all my clients. It's uh, from the dual control model diagnostic quiz, and it is totally not as professional as it sounds. And it's also in Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, which is a great resource for everybody, not just sex educators. So I want you to answer these questions on an scale of zero to four. Zero would be not like me at all. One is not much like me. Two is somewhat like me. Three is a lot like me. And four is, wow, that is exactly like me. So zero to four. For each question that I say aloud, write down a number between zero and four. 
At the end, I'm going to ask you to count up these numbers and I'll go over the answers with you. So question number one, and this is from the Sexual Temperament Questionnaire, adapted and abbreviated from the SES2W from Emily Nagoski, PhD, 2015. So here we go. Unless things are just right, it's difficult for me to become sexually aroused. Remember, scale of zero to four. Next question. When I am sexually aroused, the slightest thing can turn me off. Three, I have to trust a partner to become fully aroused. Four, if I am worried about taking too long to become aroused or to orgasm, this can interfere with my arousal. Five, Sometimes I feel so shy or self-conscious during sex that I cannot become fully aroused. Great. So now I want you to tally up those questions. Highest you can get is a 20 on that. So if you scored between 0 and 6, you're not so sensitive to all of the reasons not to be sexually aroused. You don't tend to worry about your own sexually functioning and, you know, when you're sexually engaged, your attention is not very distractible. So you're not the type of person who's very sexually shy. You can get easily aroused and you can also stay aroused and you're not super distracted. But you might find it hard to hold yourself back. You might feel like you may be a little reckless and that's okay too. So if you got between a 7 and a 13, you're right in the middle. Your breaks in your sex life are really, really dependent on context. So what that means is maybe a new partner or kind of a situation like not using contraception or something risky might either super, super turn you off or turn you on if you're into that. So it really depends on the context and stuff like shyness or distractibility also depends maybe on the kind of day you had. So context that easily arouse you are likely to be low risk and more familiar and at any time your stress levels including anxiety turn up your breaks will reduce so maybe you're really really sensitive to stress in your life if you got between a 14 and a 20 you're pretty sensitive to all of the reasons not to be sexually aroused and that's okay you just need a setting of trust and relaxation in order to get aroused and it's really really good if you don't feel any pressure and you don't feel any rush and you don't feel like anyone's making you do anything or but you might be really distracted and that's okay. You just need to go back to the context and create a calming relaxation or whatever context that means to you. Maybe it's not calmness. Maybe it is, hey, we need to finish really, really quick and you need a lot of, a lot of stimulation because a lot of times people get really distracted. They just need more. It's just not enough for them. So if you have too much and you get distracted, try going for less. And if you need more, try going for more. So if this is you, pay attention to the type of context that you have in your sex life. Okay, so now we are going to look at the gas pedals. This is so fun, right? So this is also on a scale of zero to four. Remember, zero is not at all like me. Four is exactly like me. Often just how someone smells can be a turn on. Two, seeing a partner doing something that shows their talent or intelligence or watching them interacting well with others can make me really sexually aroused. Three, having sex in a different setting than usual is a real turn on for me. Four, 
When I think about someone I find sexually attractive or fantasize about sex, I become easily sexually aroused. 5. Certain hormonal changes definitely increase my sexual arousal. 6. I get very turned on when someone wants me sexually. So go ahead and add those up out of 24. So if you got on the lower end, you're a 0 to 7, you're not sensitive to sexually relevant stimuli. So that means that you, you know, need a more purposeful effort to divert your attention to sex. So you don't have very sensitive gas pedals. You aren't really that sensitive to things that other people might find really sexy. Uh, So maybe you're the type of person who really benefits from adding more stimulation or intensity, like a sex toy or a daily intimate practice, or you're the type of person who can really be into kink, for example, because you need a really specific context and you need a lot of stimulation. So You might also just be on the ace spectrum. A lot of people who are asexual really are super in line with the the low end of this quiz. So that's okay too. That's totally normal. So a lot of people that are just not interested at all in sex fall into this category. But if you are super interested in sex and you fall into this category, do not sweat it. You will just benefit from adding a little bit more intensity and more purpose. You might need to schedule sex, for example, or kind of realize what is stopping you. You might just need to turn off the breaks in your in your instance, which was the questionnaire we did before this. So in the middle, 8 to 15, you are right in the middle. And so just like the breaks, whether you are sensitive to this uh, is probably dependent on context. So it really depends on how you feel that day, what you're doing, the type of situation you're in. So maybe you are really in tune with the setting. You might need a lot of romance. You might want to set the scene and draw a bath and have some candles if that's your thing. And, you know, in situations, like being at the supermarket, you might not be super sexual. And that's okay too. Recognize that the role of context plays a huge factor in your arousal. A lot, a lot of people are in this category, but it's totally normal all three of these categories. None of them are better than others and none of them are wrong. Uh, it's just good to know this about yourself so then you can make adjustments depending on where you fall. So if you are in the high category, which is 16 to 24, you're pretty sensitive to the sexual relevant stimuli and a lot of things that people aren't always sensitive to like smell or taste and a lot of things might be really sexual to you and novelty might be really exciting or or even you might be a really kinky person so you might be the type of person who has sex to de-stress you might be a little bit compulsive or impulsive so that's okay you might just benefit from finding other ways to manage your stress so you're not relying on sex to manage stress and making that kind of a compulsion but that's not always true for everybody so your sexual functioning also may benefit from making sure you create lots and time and space for your partner because you're really sensitive and so you can get a lot of satisfaction from seeing someone else receive a lot of pleasure. So that's great. That is our exercise for today. Not as much of a touchy-feely one, but really important because if you need a specific context for your desire to respond to, that's really important to know. And most of us are. In fact, pretty much all of us are, right? If stress lowers your libido, 
libido, you're normal. If it makes it higher, you're totally normal too. It's just good to know these things so you can adjust accordingly. And if you get super randomly horny during mundane tasks, it's normal. It doesn't mean that the laundry's turning you on. You're just really, really sensitive to hormone changes maybe or a certain time of day. And being a mix is also really normal. So if you can get it on with a push from your partner, if they're like, please, can we, you know, go and kiss and then you start to get horny or if you just initiate out of the blue, if you have both of those things happening, again, really normal. Because sex, it's not really like hunger. It isn't actually a drive. I know we say sex drive, but it's not really a driving factor in our body. And for most of us, our bodies need other needs to be met to want to have sex. So it's important to look at what those things are for you because they are very unique and personal. So let's embrace our desire types instead of forcing them into a box. And if you can identify what presses on the brakes like stress, fatigue, clutter, arguments, or even smells, hunger, temperature, you can work towards creating the environment that works for you. So instead of pretending these things don't affect you, embrace that they do and work towards making a healthy environment for yourself. Let's say you're super spontaneously aroused and you want to be able to schedule sex. Maybe don't make that schedule so rigid. Instead, make flexible adjustments to be able to fulfill this. Let desire come up and pass without judgment or without adjustment. Just embrace that you're super horny, but you're in a position where you can't do anything about it and let it pass or do something else to take the edge off. Chances are, if you don't put pressure, you can try to tap into it later in the day when you have time. Pressure sometimes makes people even more aroused. So whatever works for you, tap into that. And ironically, less pressure can be a stressful thing to produce. If you and your partner's desires aren't lining up, it can cause doubt, resentment, and hopelessness. So understanding where your sexual desire come from and embracing it, it's really important. So your journal exercise for today, we're going to make a list of all the things that hit the gas pedal for you and what hits the brakes. How does stress affect you? Smells? When, if ever, are you able to let go and be in the moment? Are you affected by your hormones or do you never notice any clear patterns in your desire? And the really golden question here is how can you observe and accept your desire type without forcing change next up we are going to embody our desire and tap into sexual arousal it's another touchy-feely day so it means we are going to start moving our bodies as well see you back here tomorrow <laughs>